1: Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host Terry Welbrock, and excited to have with me today Michael Skinner, who's here to talk to us about his role as a musician, but also as a mental health and trauma advocate. So welcome, Mike.
2: Hello there. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. We had we've been connecting, you know, for a while now. We see each other, I think, on Ace's Connection a lot. Right. Uh, you you put articles out and I put my stuff out through the, through the podcast and um, I'm so glad we finally have this opportunity to sit down and, and yeah, talk about what it is you do to help others along their journey.
2: Thanks. Well, again, honor to be invited. Thank you.
1: Absolutely.
2: And yeah. thank you for what you do. Cause I, I have listened to some of your other shows. So thank you for what you're doing. That that's, that's a lot of work.
1: Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I, it's I, my...
2: re- I respect that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. It's my it's my soul work, as I call it. I have my you know pay the bills job, <laughs> and then this is my uh yeah outside of that soul yeah. work
2: <laughs> passion.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I've listened to some of your music, and just very compelling and beautiful. And I mean, some of it's inspired about your own trauma story and history. Correct?
2: That is that is true. Yeah, it's true. And then I also in my songwriting, it's my experiences but also the collective experiences of others when I when I entered this arena if you will and just hearing other people sharing and so it's like so yeah there's bits and pieces of me but it's also I've pulled other people's what narratives what they've shared with me into a lot of the songs that I I write.
1: Yeah that's beautiful it's very poetic because I mean, while all of our stories, those of us who have been through trauma, are different, there isn't an underlying, you know, there's just a connection right. um, in our, in our truths.
2: And that's what was profound for me, because I never wanted to talk about my stuff or whatever. I just thought it was just me. <clears throat> but when the difficulties arose back in 93... And then just being in support groups, whether it was for childhood sexual abuse or mental health groups, or even going to Adult Children of Alcoholics support groups, there was, wow, no, I'm not alone in this. And I, it made me feel better, you know, because that camaraderie, but it was, was helping to give connection, but recognizing that, no, I'm not alone in this. There's, there's, sadly, there's millions of us.
1: Yes. Well, and I think music, I mean, music for me, I know, I mean, it's just, it soothes my soul in so many ways. And so I think you putting words to it for many has to be even, even more empowering for them. Um, It's not only your, your beautiful music, but the fact that there is that connection of, of, of that trauma story.
2: I Wish I could have continued in the music world that I knew when, you know, just as a singer, songwriter or whatever. But I'm honored and humbled that people ask for my songs or they buy a CD or the little different peer support newsletters or the trade or whatever. They'll act can we use your lyrics? Can we print them out? And I, 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 send it to them. I send them the word document or I'll send them a link or I'll send them an MP3 of a song because there is, it, it is resonating with them. And so I'm honored that they want to utilize it. So, so that's, that's huge for me. It, it, yeah. Um Yeah. It, it, it I'm reminded of that every day and, you know, I'm, I'm touched by that, that people, are, so I, I reach people because and sometimes, you know, you're not sure that you are. But then someone will send me an email or maybe a little Facebook post. Or oh, I love this song. I loved when you did that. And like, yeah. It's like, oh, I just want to go. Oh, thank you. I want to give <laughs> a big hug. But it is. So it's um, music is, you know, it's healing. It, it 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 helped me as a child and it's helped me my whole life. And then I do believe in the power of music and, and the healing arts and all their forms. I, I truly believe it. and I think I wish there was more of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. So, so talk to us a little bit about ACEs and your role in, you know, advocacy work. Um,
2: I started right, right around 93, right, right after the troubles hit. I, I, I started doing some volunteer work with a small nonprofit here in New Hampshire called in New Hampshire incest center, but they defined it broadly. They, anyone, any, where there was a position of power and control. So it wasn't just within the family. Then also with mental health uh, organizations and then other uh, child abuse organizations. So ACEs came later, obviously, you know, when that came out, I was like, wow, Oh, they they get it. This is what we were talking about this in our support groups, you know, back in the nineties. And then finally you're getting, you know, the doctors and the scientists saying, Hey, this is real stuff that we were, questioning and saying there's something to this all of us have these issues and what's the common denominator childhood so um back to the question the ace where would you want me to connect with that on yeah, that? yeah
1: just just your advocacy work and what it is you're doing you know that part that role in your life
2: i uh, I'm serious about, but I call, I I say what I'm in is the trauma, abuse, and mental health arena. So I don't just focus on child abuse, uh, childhood sexual abuse, or the mental health. I I look at all of it, and the trauma, because people have trauma, and that to me is with the ACEs, is that underlying connection. We've all been hurt in life. We've had losses. So maybe I haven't experienced what someone else has had, but they haven't walked in my shoes or I haven't walked in yours, but we're all connected to something. And and the power of the aces and the ones that aren't listed, obviously there's more that have come from that. It's just, for me, it was validating uh, to see, well, yeah, these are the things that impacted me, all of these different little checklists. And now I have nine out of 10. The only thing I don't have is the, you know, the, Parents weren't in prison, they should have been in prison for what they did. They were criminals but i I just want to make that connection so when I speak or perform, I'm always sharing that thing that we're connected to this and it has a lifelong impact. It does impact our mind, body, and spirit and that can that can be overwhelming, but at the same time there's ways to heal you know this stuff still impacts me. I just had a what, because I deal with dissociation, so I'll I'll space. Okay, and then okay, refocus, bring me back. And I've learned to live with it. Do I like it? No. It's but it's part and parcel of what I it was a coping skill in childhood. It's a pain in the butt as an adult. And it's more than just senior moments or whatever, that's with me, but understanding though these are some of the effects and and when I, I if I share that, letting folks know that, Hey, we're okay. You know, this stuff impacted is you're not crazy. You're not weak. You're not stupid. It's just the, the adverse experiences we've experienced in life has had an impact on us. So my thing is when I go out to perform or to speak, and usually it's a combination of the two, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at hope and healing. I just added a third one to that help. So I like to share resources. So hope, healing and help. And I think that's really what all of us are trying to do is share a little bit of ourselves, but, Oh, this helped me, but it may not help you. But maybe this, this one will lead you to some other resources. Cause that's, what's great about it. There's a ton of things out there on the internet that can help us.
1: Yeah, for sure. I remember sitting during an EMDR session, I did EMDR therapy for four years for my trauma. And at one point, and I can't remember, we were maybe like a year in and uh, my therapist said to me, you know, just in conversation, you know, well, you know, your history of dissociation. And I just remember kind of sitting back like, my history of what? (laughs) And she was like, well, how you dissociated and you compartmentalized things and put your traumas in little boxes and dissociated and you see things from outside your body. And I was like, holy moly, I didn't even know I was doing it. And so, you know, it was in EMDR that I first got a complex post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis, CPTSD, and the first time I heard about dissociation. And so having that light shine shined on it was just so eye-opening and it really was that in itself was healing because i finally had a name for what was happening to me
2: i agree and i when i first started dealing with my stuff back in 93 and 94 uh, i read every book every article every every conference i could go to to learn to educate myself but i still had to feel it and i became aware of dissociation and i had friends who had different parts or different levels of dissociation, but I would not talk about it. I just, I was afraid because I just thought it was one more stigma that was going to be used against me because I was already hearing, oh, he's mentally ill. He's mentally ill. And I was just getting tired of hearing that. I did not want to bring that into the picture, but I started going down to the trauma center in Boston and the woman I started seeing, she started addressing my dissociation. I got angry at her. I said, (laughs) I don't have that, but, um, after a few more chats and she was right. So it, I, I didn't want to be ashamed of that or hide it anymore. And it's, it's just, it's part of who we are. Right. And so, yeah, but I, I, when I say I went kicking and screaming into it, I, I didn't want it to do it. I thought I could think my way around it. Right. right. It, it didn't work, Terry.
1: No, I'm right there with you. It, you it know, work. I think once I embraced it, like, oh, well, this all makes sense. Yeah. But, right. I mean, think of how brilliant, really, our little minds were as kids to be able to, you know, do this and survive and uh, make it through. And, you know, I tell my, my sister and my family, I'm like, it came out somewhat normal, <laughs> you know, whatever the definition of normal is, but, um, yeah, I have my sanity. So good. Right. that's a good
2: thing. <laughs> and that was something uh, when I think of about this, uh, even as a, uh, probably like 12, 13, 14, I start just reading a lot on, um, Uh, military, the war, or civilians who were hurt, and then that out-of-body experience, or reading about doctor's journals, or the patient who had that out-of-body experience, because I knew it back then, and I just, I didn't want to, I was thinking, am I crazy? But I'd be reading these articles, or maybe a little excerpt in a book or something, it's like, oh, they're describing what I'm feeling, maybe I'm not crazy, so I've long been aware of this. I just didn't want to deal with it because it is, it's, it's a strange phenomenon. not, it, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, i well, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I think my big aha moment of knowing that I'd really done some powerful healing work was when I would go back into traumas in EMDR, I always saw them as if I was watching a movie, as if I was watching some horrible person do this thing to a little girl that, that I was looking at it, at it on a, like a screen. Right. And then it, probably three and a half years, like close to the end of our four-year uh, journey, um, we had gone back into a, a bank robbery that I had been involved in, the second bank robbery. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God. my therapist was like, you know, what's happening? And I just was sobbing. And I said, for the first time ever, I just saw this from within my own, like I was looking out through my own eyes and I had turned my head and saw the, you know, the guy running with the gun and like, but I was, I was back in my body and that was crazy powerful because I finally had done enough healing work that I was okay to be back in my body. I didn't have to be out of my body to relive it. Good. Yeah. And that's, that's when, you know, like some healing has happened.
2: (laughs) When you had mentioned EMDR, when I did some things years ago on some really disturbing images that have been with me my whole life, it, it would knock the wind out of my sails. And I, I, I'd lose a day or two because it was just so depressing to see what this was but um, but the EMDR I as I'm talking I'm thinking of some of those images but it's not knocking the wind out of my sails I can still have moments of sadness right that little boy what he was experiencing but I'm not I don't need to go into the bedroom and you know pull a pillow over my head right. so right.
0: yeah and, that's good
2: so, this, yeah, there's all these different modalities for healing. And, you know, you and I have found some help with the MDR, but someone else may not. So that's why I'm, right. I'm very careful to say that, you know, try. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a whole... There's a whole lot of things out there that you can do
1: well and i think what you said about reading everything you can get your hands on and all the research that you had done and i mean mine wasn't just emdr i have this whole coping skills toolbox which is what i like to bring people on to talk about on the podcast as well you know there's eft tapping and um you know mindfulness training and all of these i've utilized them all because they've all been a part of that journey
2: yeah right and when i was first Um, made aware of EFT, because it was, there was this um, sexual abuse support group I used to go to in Boston, and it was a group, of and then we had, would get together, so there was a connection, we were having fun besides the stuff, and one of the women in the group was a scientist at a well-known firm in Boston, and she invited us all down to her apartment to show us this new thing, and I was, I was like, what, but I also respected her because so here was a scientist showing this to us. So yeah, yeah, I, I, the... yeah I've
0: been
2: a I've been a believer ever since.
1: <laughs> right, right. No, I think it's you know, and it's it's fascinating because um, more and more people are starting to to realize the huge benefits of it. Um, you know, even though some parts you look like a monkey and <laughs> tapping under your armpit, <laughs> but it's
2: awesome. It is. Yeah. Then just simple things of, you know, walking, walking is a big thing for me, you know, being in nature, you know, know, gardening, you know, then always knowing that working outside you felt good, but then you read later these scientific articles that, you know, uh, fingers in the dirt, there's all kinds of wonderful things being released. And so, and then the forest is, you know, bathing us with, I I forget the words, the uh, language that, what's coming from the leaves and the trees, but that's, it's healing us. And it's, it's right there and it, it's free.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I even talk about it as nature baths. Because yes, it is. It's, it's bathing in just the, there's just such a peacefulness and serenity that comes right. from nature. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. We've talked about, you know, support and resources that you've utilized along your journey. Are there any others that you wanted to tap into at all?
2: Um, I've had support through, um, with individuals and also from the organizations of, uh, one in six and male survivor, they have been very helpful, um, support groups and just the friends that stuck by me when everything fell apart and then folks that I've met, um, after ninety-three, you know, so from support groups or I still have, you know, my musician friends I've known forever who are still supportive. We're just we're friends and they may not they they usually don't understand all what's going on. They know it was it was traumatic, but right it's we still meet or chat as human beings. Yeah. And I'm not the other. I'm not something to be afraid of. So this um I'm grateful with support that I have. Uh, my biggest thing, it's very easy for me to isolate. So, you know, you think, oh, he's a musician. Well, yeah, its I wear one hat, but it's very easy for me to just you know, stay to myself. But I, I push myself to be stay connected with my friends. And, you know.
1: So, 93, it was an important year. Do you want to talk about it at all?
2: Well, I... um. At that time, I was happily married, um, five daughters, um, we owned a home. I, um, I was a successful music business owner. I managed and booked bands, you know, up and down the East Coast and as far Midwest as Chicago. And I would get the bands when they were just signed and coming up, or the bands that were once big that I used to go see, like someone like Foghat or something,
0: oh, yeah.
2: now I'm booking them in a nightclub. So, and I also had a sound line. I loved what I was doing. And I was still drumming on the weekends with a band. The name of the band was the classics. (laughs) So we were doing all rock and roll classics. So my life was, it was, it looked perfect. But what had happened, Terry, is because I was going to adult children of alcoholics meetings and more and more stuff, all the memories, those little Polaroid snapshots, I kept stuffing them down. They just started bubbling more and more and more, and I couldn't stuff them down. I ended up having a nervous breakdown from them because it was it was as if I felt as if I had to watch a movie of my childhood and it was devastating. So all those little snippets now became a long reel. It became a movie. And uh it did a number on me. It it um Someone later said, "Well, that was actually a breakthrough." So I, I, I say breakdown, breakthrough because I needed to do that to heal. I wish it would have happened a different way, but um, that that's what happened. I, I so when I say I fell apart, I I couldn't work. I had to close my business, but I but I was in a place financially that you know we didn't lose our home, had the vehicle, so we were taken care of. You know from, I had a private disability policy. I never thought I'd tap into that. <laughs> so uh, I, yeah. So then it was rebuilding my life. So, but what the, you know, we talk about complex trauma to you then get a lot of us, we get re-traumatized in the mental health system because I just shared with you, I was an active you know, successful human being in the world. And now I'm having a hard time. And now I'm being told you're mentally ill, you'll never work again. You'll never be in music. That just became this one l- mantra over and over again. And there were a few people that weren't part of that. But that was the men- what I knew in the mental health system that I, this is my life. And every time I, you know, the they're telling you to share stuff. I'd share something. That, well, that was a reason to bring out the prescription pad. Yes. I, I never did any drugs in my life. I used to drink too much as a young person. But now all of a sudden, I'm on these regimen of drugs. I remember my oldest daughter shaking me because I'm just in this drug stupor. And I can't, I can't respond to her. Dad, dad. And I knew what she was doing, but I couldn't even, you know, and you're starting to drool. How was that healing me? So, so that added, now I had to heal from the trauma of how I was treated in the mental health system. So that helped fuel my passion for advocacy, because obviously, if it was just me, sad story, okay, move on. But it wasn't me. There's hundreds, there's tens of thousands of us who have gone through this. And there's a whole, you know, you know, ex-survivor movement, which they're referring to what happened to them in the mental health system. And and that is wrong. Even, even today with the aces and a lot of them, they're trauma informed, but they're not trauma practicing. There's a you can un, you can look at the ACE study and all the other things. Read all the literature on what trauma does. But if you're still practicing the old, you, you know, you're mentally ill, and here, here's a pill for everything that's wrong with you. And I'm not against medication, but uh, I'm against over-medication and if it's not being used in the right purposes. So uh, that that's why I'm here today. That's why I do things like this. I, I write songs, um, I speak, um, do what I can to help be a part of the change.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you because I'm right there with you. I don't take any meds, but for so long, my family, I remember... Um, my husband at the time telling me, um, you're a zombie, which, I mean, I was, I I was just flatlined. I I didn't have the lows, but I didn't have the highs. Like there was no, it was just uh, (laughs) um, and so, yeah, I get it. And thank you for the work you're doing to help. Yeah. Shine the light on that.
2: It, It has to be because, and you get it. If you're a zombie, you can't, Move past it, you're just stuck. Right. You're stuck. And so um, I finally got away from that. And as I said, I started going to the trauma center in Boston, but just, uh, and, you know, and there's trauma treatment professionals who do prescribe. Medicine. So again, I'm not anti medication. If there's I one, I, no. If someone finds help or something for the depression or the anxiety, so be it. But yes. Um, I had adverse reactions to it. it. It wasn't. It wasn't good for me.
1: Me either. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't want to be a zombie.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, well, very powerful. And again, yeah, not anti-medication at all because it certainly has its role. But when it when it's prolonged for so long that it's just masking symptoms and the healing part of it is not happening.
2: Um, and yeah. I think you know. It's being a bit rough, but I feel that it's chemically silencing trauma survivors. That's how I feel. Because if you're a zombie, how are you going to speak up about what's bothering you? And it doesn't have to be childhood abuse. There could be a multitude of traumas and abuses that have happened in people's lives that they need to talk about. Yeah. But if, Or if they're being told it's in the past, forget about it. Well, no, it, you can't forget about it because it, it's with you. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's brilliant. I love the wording of that. That's I, I mean, chemically silencing. Yes. It,
2: that's what, it, that's what I feel is being done with so many. It's just, you yeah. Know, so.
1: Wow. All right. Very cool. So um, we're, we're nearing the end of our, our time here before I'm going to invite you, which we had talked about before we hit record that um have you share one of your songs with us? Um, but is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon uh, that we didn't get a chance to talk about? And then also, how do people get a hold of you?
2: The easiest is to go to my website, www.mskinnermusic.com, and from that they'll find links. You can email me. Um, I'm very easy, Mike Skinner, Comcast.net. You know, I get my fair amount of spam, but if folks want to reach out to me, I'm honored. So there's my website. Something else that I do is I share the surviving spirit newsletter. I send that out once a month and I share a lot of resources on things that we're talking about today. And I focus a lot on folks doing creative things to heal, but also folks um, who are professionals, uh, survivors. It, it's, it runs the gamut and that's at the surviving spirit website, but I also posted it um, in my website so people can find me there and they can hear songs um i have a youtube channel they can hear some live tunes and things so uh just yeah there's awesome. more to me uh, yeah I'm, I'm a musician i've i have these trauma and abuse issues and mental health challenges but i'm i'm a human being at the, at the end of the day <laughs> yeah. i'm still a i'm still a good guy and <laughs> i
1: well, you are, and I—I I just again, I think the work you're doing is is beautiful and um, uh, just a much needed uh, resource in this in this world for for those looking for a hand to hold and in guidance along their journey. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So, you're gonna sing us a song. I will. Um,
2: <clears throat> it's a short song with a long title. <laughs> okay. Songs for the keys to your life, so we're talking about the trauma and- abuse, the mental health challenges, all the things that impact us, and one of the things Terry, that has always saddened me is how people are not pursuing their dreams or their passions, and it doesn't have to be picking up a guitar or trying to write a book, trying to paint, do you love cooking, whatever it is that you love to do that's been put aside, you know. Somehow, find a way to reach back deep, whatever coping skills, or healing, connecting with others, to get back to doing the things so you can sing the songs that are the keys to your life. Awesome. Here we go. Your fingers to the bone, the grindstone is all that you see. Once made of gold, locked onto a cold
0: your hands have forgotten your dreams. Do you even know, do you even care? When did you drop the keys? Keys to your dreams, the music to your soul, remember how you once sang to me. Song to the keys to light, song
1: to the keys to light, song to the keys
0: to light,
1: song the soul the keys
0: still
2: wasting away and what there to say of all the things that you love. Now all I see is broken inside Love, only your wealth Let now the dream, manipulation and schemes Find your way to the top Look around, what do you see? Where oh, you spend all that you love? Songs to the king's delight Songs to the king's
0: delight song to the keys to your
2: Have you sung the song to the keys to your life
1: Beautiful, thank you!
2: You're welcome. Thank you for letting me share.
1: Absolutely. Well, again, I just I I thank you so much for the work you're doing and for joining me here today on the podcast and uh yeah, shining your beautiful light of hope. Right back at you, Terry. Thanks. All right. Everyone, thank you for joining us here today on the podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. To the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Wellbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And. As Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.